podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Hello. And welcome to the Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by Matt Foster and Becky Foster. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, indeed. So, uh, we are recording on Wednesday, the 8th of December. Plan B has been activated, the cinemas are still open. That's something, at least. <laughs> um, it's, it's very much a for now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, it, it, it depends what else comes out in the next few days, and I yeah. don't mean films. It depends what other distractions we need. Yeah, exactly. What else they need to <laughs> distract the masses from? They think mm. they must think we're stupid, though. Yeah, it's been proven quite quite significantly over the past few years that they do. The British public is fucking dumb. Not true. Yeah. Mm, indeed. Um, uh, so, um, coming up on this week's show, we are into December and we have Becky's most anticipated film in uh, quite a long while, uh, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Yay! <laughs> Did, are we talking about a powerful dog? Yes, we are, yeah. Okay. We're also talking about Jane Campion's Oscar Bovera, The Power of the Dog. Um and we'll have some what we've been watching. I'm sure there'll be some movie news, trailers, all that kind of jazz. So we are podsyndicate.com for other like-minded podcasts such as Chinstroker vs. Punter, The Iron Sequel, uh, Entertainment Land Film, uh, Phil, sorry, her, uh, his film, her movie, and uh, The Rewatch Project, and patreon.com forward slash film bastards. $2 a month gets you... All sorts of extra content, including our current uh, Michael Mann miniseries, uh, where we will be talking about Manhunter on the next one. Um, so, yeah, um, what has been going on in the uh, film world? Um, uh, I don't know, Kevin Feige. Uh, announced that um, Charlie Cox's uh, Daredevil is officially the MCU's Daredevil. I kind of thought that was the case anyway, but that's cool. Good for Charlie Fox, uh, uh, Cox. Yeah, is, is it is it been confirmed that he is in Spider Man now? No, but it it kind of feels like you may as well be saying that at this point, eh? 
it does a little bit after going after people going, oh wait, is that Daredevil? And then then Marvel coming out and going, no, Daredevil isn't in this. And then people going, yeah, he is in it. And I'm going, no, he's definitely not. He is in it. No, he's definitely not. But he is Daredevil again. Yeah, it. Uh, hmm. uh, you know, I we're a week away from Spider Man. I'm looking forward to getting over and done with at this point. To be honest. That that's um, kind of become the thing. I think a little bit with Spider Man now is it's gone from being a movie that like, the next Marvel movie that everyone was excited for to the next Marvel movie that everyone just wants to be over. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, there, there was that whole kind of like mild controversy about how um, uh, press at the uh, who were going to be interviewing the cast and crew um, were uh, only shown forty minutes of the film, um, which. I'll be honest, after that Eternals spoiler that that fucking Wang did, I'm not surprised that Marvel were keeping their cards close to their chest. And it must be, it must be annoying for like people who need to write reviews and whatnot and want to have interviews that where they can actually talk about the film that they fucking saw. But at the same time, don't be a fucking dickhead and spoil it for everyone. Yep. Yeah, it, 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 it's a little bit of a, you've kind of done this to yourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. Um, so, what, I don't think we talked about this last week. Um, Adam McKay um, did an interview with some publication last week. Oh, he was talk- fair, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, actually. Where <laughs> he was talking about his professional breakup with Will Ferrell. Yeah. Where... He, but facet, very, very honest, very honest. Yeah, this which it's just like, yeah, is Adam McKay actually just a fucking prick? Um, so it, basically, he'd cast Will Ferrell in a role playing some like famous sports coach who Will Ferrell really wanted to play, um, and then went back on it and cast somebody else instead um basically without like talking to Ferrell about it and kind of broke his heart um and yeah i i don't know adam mckay's an interesting one it it feels like he's forcibly distancing himself because he want it, like now he's being taken seriously um don't look up is literally playing the cinema closest to me several times a day from Friday. Um, and I might go see it, but I don't know. The word on it is, well, yeah, it's making some satirical points, but it's also really fucking depressing. And like, is, I don't know. Is that Adam McKay now? Does he just do clever stuff that's clever, but doesn't really inspire anything else other than, yeah, that was a good point. It, I don't know. It, 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 he was getting lumped in with just like that. I, I make all these comedies and whatnot. But the other guys was like an interesting combination of being Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg film. You know, Gators bitches better be wearing jimmies while also having a point to it. And he managed to toe that line. And the big short was kind of like, 
towing the line slightly the other way. And then, I, I don't know, he won. It, it feels like him winning the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay for The Big Short set him on a course which isn't particularly enjoyable. The thing is, I think he's... It, I'm looking... I, I'm kind of looking forward to Don't Look Up. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not as looking forward to it as as maybe I necessarily should because it, it, it just looks a little bit like one of those ensemble pieces where it literally is... You're basically just waiting for them to go in the next room to see who else is in this film. <laughs> yeah. And it's a little bit, it's a little bit like that. Um, and so, I'm, I don't know, I, it's, I've enjoyed the other ones, but I would still say probably my favourite, uh, McAfee is probably still, um, the other guys. <laughs> Just because it's it's a really fun movie, yeah, um, yeah. I I, I I saw the interview. I, I'll, I'll say I, I didn't read all of the the full interview, but I did read the bit about uh, that he was talking about Will Ferrell. Um, but it was also quite refreshing just seeing somebody come out and go and, and kind of admit I did something a bit shitty, and it kind of cost me a relation, a bit of professional relationship that was also a bit of a personal friendship, uh, and I maybe regret it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, just it, it was kind of refreshing that somebody going actually just outright just admitting that, but also kind of going, yeah, that wasn't cool. I shouldn't have done that. I can see why he's not talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's talk some trailers. Um. Couple of biggies. And I think that's all I've got. So, have you guys seen... <coughs> really many, no. What, what, what have you got? So, there was a new Matrix... The, a new Matrix Resurrections... <coughs> um, trailer, which... I don't know, seemed to kind of maybe give more of an indication of what it's actually about. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I... I'm very, very, very juries out on it. Like, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but I am also fully prepared for it to be shit. I just... I don't... Like you say, I, I, I don't know what it's about. and I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> Even IMDb says the plot is currently unknown. <laughs> yeah... And it, it's out in like, like you say, in literally two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Um, and it's it's two and a half hours long. I'm just, yeah, it's gonna be. It's either gonna be, it's either gonna be interesting or incredibly boring. <laughs> Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. I'm keen for it, to be honest. I think it looks quite good. It does, but I think I remember thinking that um, the other sequels looked quite good. True. And then I watched them. Yes. And they weren't very good. 
That's fair. I like. I just. I. I want it to be confusing. Like I'm. I'm going to be really disappointed if it's actually quite a straight down the line. Okay, once you're in it, you actually got you get what's going on. I. I want. I want it to be. At the end, you've got questions. I want you. Yeah, you want to get out of it and go. Should I go in and see that again? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I maybe I need another crack at that to kind of understand it, you know. Um, and hey, if you've got HBO Max, you can just go ahead and watch it again straight away. Um, fucking ridiculous that. But um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We sh- we shall see. Like I say, two weeks. Um. It's kind of like it's it's a crazy few weeks now, actually. You know, because yeah, what 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 is Friday? West Side Story. Like. West Side Story. It's West Side yeah. Story, isn't it? Yeah, West Side Story. Just, I mean, that just feels big, doesn't it? Mm. It feels like it feels grandiose. Yeah. Um, and then what's the week after? Spiderman's next Wednesday. Spiderman's the week after, and then. The Matrix is the week after that. Yeah. And then Boxing Day is The King's Man. And then New Year's Day is Licorice Pizza. Jesus. That's a heck of a, like, three and a half weeks. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, The King's Man, I think, is actually really interesting timing in there, where that really feels like, you know, it's a week and a half after Spider-Man. It's a few days after The Matrix. But... You're gonna, you are going to have people who just aren't interested in another Matrix movie, but will probably watch Ray Fiennes fuck it, like kick Reese Fiennes' ass in an action film on Boxing Day. Like the idea of going to see The King's Man on Boxing Day is boner-inducing to me. Honestly, like you know, like you, you've had some really fun time with your family and whatnot. Now couple hours to myself I'm going to go watch The King's Man and just like relax in the fucking Christmas I don't have to do anything before or after this film kind of vibe um, I, I, well. I think I, I, I'm again in the same way as I've been for the last two Kingsman movies incredibly dubious we'll watch it and we'll probably actually really enjoy it <laughs> M- Matthew Vaughan like World War One action film that's good times yeah I don't know the sun, I, the, 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 it, I was the same as the other ones it's the, it's the um, it, it's almost like this little bit of a I don't know there's, there's, there's an element of me that goes right What what is with this fucking posh boy fetishism of, of them all being dapper fucking spy gents when you can look at them and go, no, they're not. They're idiots. <laughs> oh, I just, what's her face doing the fucking awful regional accent thing is, is just like nails down a chalkboard for me. But the thing is, I, I, I didn't like any of the trailers for the first two movies and then really liked both of the movies. Yeah, but at least they had Taron Egerton in them. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm, I, I'm looking at it going, I, don't, I can't be bothered, but then I, I'll end up watching it and going, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, this I one's got... I think I get with the marketing with them. But it's got Risa Farns playing fucking Rasputin. That's fucking brilliant. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, Risa fans is Ros- Rasputin and Digimon Honsune. What's more to What's more to love? Exactly. So the, that's the thing. Is do you know what I think it is? There's there's two shots in the trailer that just are nails down a chalkboard for me. The rest of it, I'm kind of okay with. But there's two shots in the in the trailer that are just that just I watch I watch them and I go. Oh, I just I don't like that on a visual level. Which one? There's one where he gets in the back of a car and points forward, and it just it fucking looks horrible. <laughs> right. And there's one where he's walking around a corner, and I know it's just a man walking around a corner, but for some reason really it just bugs me. <laughs> well, if you fancy a few hours to yourself over Christmas, you can go see the King's Man. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but we also have the first, I don't know, kind of trailer. I don't know, it was weird. Um, footage-y thing for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, I think it's called. Um, part one. So, didn't know it was a two-parter. We now do. Uh, they've, they've basically made it all at the same time. So you got one next year, one the year after. And yes, I will watch that very, very much, Lee. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, I'm more fucking way more hyped about that than I am no way home, I'll fucking say that. Yeah. That's it. The thing is with the with the um, Spider-Verse ones, I kind of don't need to see any trailers or anything like that. I just want to go in and just see the film. I'm a bit like that with it. I kind of want to go in cold. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, it look it looks good. It looks the same kind of trippy animation. So why the fuck not? And um, it, but I do I do want to see Miles and Gwen kiss in this one. They they must kiss. <laughs> Let them kiss. It does seem like they're building towards that, doesn't it? Let them kiss. Mark, why will you not let them kiss? Um, I, it's 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 just not my jam as much. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like to kiss one of the uh, the other boy Spidermans. The other boy Spidermans. Yeah. What other boy Spidermans? There's this. There's, there's other ones in the Spider-Verse, isn't there? There is. Yeah. I'd like him and Spider Pig to get on. To get it on. Yeah. Why not? I don't think that's allowed. Like on a, wow. Like a moral, legal level, I think bestiality is like. Not probably not in this world. Well, maybe not. There you go. Can, can a talking pig be fucked though? Is that does that make a difference? I think he's probably the the top, and Mars is the bottom. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, right, that got weird. Uh, have, have we got any others? Uh, have I feel like we do. Saw so the trailer. I know we probably already spoke about it, but I do think there is a slightly different feeling towards them sometimes when you see them in a cinema. Uh, but we saw the trailer for uh, Scream. Yes. In the mm-hmm. in the cinema, didn't we? Yes. Um, it, was anyone asking for a fifth Scream movie, or like a Scream kind of soft reboot that's not even a reboot that just seems to be a bit of a throwback? I will say I will happily 
watch a new Scream film in mid-January. Yeah, that's it. I'll, I'll happily watch it, but I just feel like I'm going there to watch something that's going to be, that's fundamentally going to be three out of five. I think they're looking at how much money the Halloween ones are making and going, hmm, we could do that. Just look at it and it's like David Arquette, Courtney Cox and Neve Campbell all look fucking old, like just really fucking just old and tired. Um, At least Neve Campbell looks like old, like, like her age though, like... What the fuck has Courtney Cox done to her face? Well, there's that mm. as well. But then the the kids in inverted commas they actually they they look so young now, and they're probably <laughs> the actors who are playing them are probably not far <laughs> off the age of the actors who were playing them. What is it? But it's just they all look so young now. So what you're saying is the older cast make you feel really old. Yes. The younger cast make, me make feel you feel really old. old yeah. And you just don't want it. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of don't need that negativity in my life right now. <laughs> Oh dear. So yeah, let's just have a quick check to see how what's she called, that girl in it. Gwen was it she was called or something like that. At the start of the movie. Drew Barrymore's character. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Gwen or was it Tara? I don't think it was either, was it? Uh, shut up, I'll look and find out if I can find out. The, so yeah, so yeah, she's like twenty twenty. The girl who's playing her and Drew Barrymore was twenty. Wow! <laughs> it just it feels odd to me. It's because we're old now. Yeah, it is. It is. It is that. That was it. So. Um, editor Ian here, just uh, very briefly. Um, yeah, there's not really any clips of Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City that aren't just like... Or, uh, you know, like... Or anything like that. So uh, thank you very much for the coffee. Um, so I didn't really feel there was a point of doing a clip of Resident Evil Welcome to Rat- Raccoon City. Um, I mean, I you know, I can do like... We'll start over there. I think we need to shoot it. Da, 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 da. That that's a clip from Welcome to Raccoon City. Bye. Speaking about reliving your youth and whatnot. Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. It's directed by Johannes Roberts and stars Kaya Scodelaro, Hannah John Kamen, Tom Hooper. Yeah, Hooper, I think, not Hopper. Uh Neil McDonough. Um and uh, others. So this is uh, restarting uh, the Resident Evil movies um, and sees, as the title suggests, Welcome to Raccoon City, uh, essentially kind of like the the origin, really. Um, So it's a bit of a mix of locations of the first and second games, Um, not necessarily the exact events of them, but certainly a lot of the locations. yeah, uh, I don't know. I'll leave it there. So, Bex. Um, at... Oh, God. What do I want to talk about first? Well, first, shall, shall, shall we... Because we went to see it for the first time in 4DX. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do the... Four, so, the 4DX experience, guys. Given 
how much I primed you for seat violence. Yep. How was the seat violence? Well, it was it was kind of um, set up by the guy who sold our ticket, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Who literally said, this is the most violent of the 4DX movies I've seen. Oh, shit. And I've seen a lot of 4DX movies. And then pr- proceeded to reel off <laughs> loads of movies. It was basically anything that's been released in like the past two years that had a 4DX, it seems like this kid had seen in 4DX. Oh, and was like, <laughs> I was like, right? He went, went yeah, he went, this, this shakes you around more than any of them. It's not <laughs> continuous like it is in Shang-Chi. But when it when it moves, it moves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we're like, "Yeah, it's our first 4DX movie." And he went, "Just to pre-warn you, as much as you think it's going to move and shake you around, it's so much more." <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then we had the weirdness, didn't we? Yeah. The we had the we had the city world never change yeah. <laughs> moment. So we get in the cinema and we're there ten minutes early. Um. And there's, there's some audio playing in there, but we weren't really paying attention to it while we walked up to yeah. our seats, were we? So. so we sit down, there's nothing on the screen at all. The screen is yeah. completely off, there's not even adverts on. So we sit down, um, and then the chair starts moving. It's like, <laughs> okay. Maybe they're testing the system. <laughs> Maybe they're testing the system. And then we hear, oh, so you're Chris's brother, yeah, I'm Claire. Chris's sister. Chris's sister. Like, oh, no. We're like... Hang on a minute. This is like the audio from the film. Yeah. yeah. So, for, so for like 10 minutes, we're sat there with the seats moving around, <laughs> the smoke going off. Okay, fucking spray. The fucking... We never explained that, that yet. We did the get wi- once. Uh, uh, the wind coming at you um, and the, like, the the lights going off, the gunshots, and you can hear the audio. And then it gets to half six, half, half um, three when the movie's about to start, and that just continues. So I had to get up, go out, and God say, "I'd say um, the audio is playing without like, the, the the film." You went, "All right, it's not coming." Out. No, it's like it's halfway through the movie audio, yeah. but there's no video. And he's like, "Well, that doesn't sound right." <laughs> <laughs> I walked in, and they had to essentially stop it, restart the whole thing, yeah. recalibrate the 4DX, yeah, and then. Bear in mind it was supposed to start at half three. At five past four, they started it, but oh. still did all the trailers and everything like that. Oh. It's, right. So my experience of watching it, I didn't watch it in 4DX, but the last three... I've been going to the Odeon quite a lot lately, right? The last three times I went to the fucking Cineworld, um, Venom 4DX, uh, where... The film started, but the seats weren't doing anything. And then they just restarted the whole film. Um, I can't remember what it was the time before Resident Evil, but like nothing was on for half an hour, but they skipped to the film. And again, like this weekend, nothing was on for about 20 minutes and they skipped to the film. The, The guys in the Cardiff one are so used to the fucking like the remotely controlled projectors not working that they just know to go skip 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 film play <laughs> and it's fuck the thing is right it's it's kind of pathetic 
And I do, it does, just your story and all this, it does, I've been going, I've been going to just solely Cineworld basically for fucking years because of the unlimited card. And I'd gotten used to just projection standards being a bit shit. But I started going to the Odeon because I had a limitless um, um, for, a, for a bit because it was cheap. And their projection standards, they've never put a foot wrong. Never, ever, ever put a foot wrong so far. Um, and it does just make me wonder, is that just Cineworld? I, I think it might be because every Cineworld you go into... Can I just point out, though, by the way, the staff in Cineworld are always brilliant. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. When, 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 when I say uh, there's a problem, they deal with it. You know, it's there's no yeah. fucking what you're chatting about or whatever. Like, they deal with it. It's not the staff's fault. No. It's the, it's the, it's the quality control culture. It's yeah. that no one is fucking just walking the screens and going, right, it started. I Because that's all you've got to do. The rest of it is fucking pre-programmed. All you've got to do is go in the fucking screen and go, right, have the ad started? Done. Yeah. The, the other bit there is, like, um, we have a running joke about the fact that every senior world we've been into, and it's not that many, but every senior world we've been into, the coffee machine never works. Sure. And so yeah. we went into the, the, the one in the hall for the first time, went up and um, bought their tickets, and you said, oh, can I get a, a latte? And they're like, oh, the coffee machine doesn't work. And me and Beck both sort of just went, just standard city world operating procedure there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yes, the I I will say this. Um, yeah, it does throw you around an awful lot, the seats for 4DX, <laughs> like yeah. a lot. Um so that was it was fun, violent, uh, but it did take you out of the movie a little bit. I very much enjoyed the um, the wind and the rain bit. I really I got on well with that bit, yeah. and the the atmospheric movements. So they're not the something's being chased and it's yeah. shaking you but the someone's looking round a corner and your seat tilts to where they're looking yeah. or someone's looking yeah. down on something and your seat tilts forward That's or looks really up your seat tilts back the first biggie I think in the movie the first like biggie yeah. is when the truck crashes into the front of the police station I think isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah so 4DX um, I will probably do it again but it won't be something I do for every movie let's just say that no how much um, getting you in the back did it do? Uh, quite a lot because I sit quite straight. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so having that, that lumbar bit in the back meant that I had to adjust my seating position constantly. Sure. Um, because I've got quite a, I've got quite short legs and quite a long body, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, makes sense to me. It makes sense you. to you because yeah, because you constantly mock me about Got it. Got a low centre of gravity. I'm very um, low centre of gravity. Yeah, so because of that, I had to keep on constantly adjusting myself. Yeah, I had to as well because I couldn't reach the footrest. So every time there was oh. like a shaky, shaky, it shaky, shaked me off the seat. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. I keep grabbing the cup. Oh the no. Gone. Yeah. I, the first time the big shit, the big shake thing happened, my hat flew off my. What is it? I had to catch it midair. <laughs> Yes, it was violent. It was. Uh, good stuff. I'm glad you've experienced it. Um, it, it. For the right, for the right film, it's you know 
Like, I, it, it works, I think. Like, Venom, it was fun. Yeah. It was, do you know what? It was fun in this. It it, it was, like, it, it's supposed to make it a bit more immersive, isn't it? And I think, like like you say, with the bits with the wind and the rain and things like that, when, when they're outside, it, it works really well for that. It's just it does kind of then pull you out of it a little bit when it's the fighty bits. Yeah. But maybe that was because I had to cling on to my seat to stop from flying into the aisle. <laughs> Sorry, fuck me. Um, one one question. <laughs> uh, one one question before we move on to the film. Did in your one before the wind started, like five seconds beforehand, did you hear like a? No, no, it was kind oh, of. It you was could... quite, quite good actually. It was quite. It it it, it got you all right. That's that's the thing. You could always tell in the Cardiff one when the machines are going to start picking up because there's just like loud buzzing noise. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, luckily didn't have that. The smart machines at the front were weird. Yeah, they yeah, were kind of pointless, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, but it was quite fun. <laughs> so, on to the film itself. Bex, massive Resident Evil fan for years and years and years and years. Um, did you find the combination of extreme fan pandering, but also let's mix up some of the like some of the characters, kind of work, or did it feel a bit? What is this actually trying to do? Um, I mean. <sighs> Probably very predictably, I I I loved it, but mm. I think what they what they've done really well, and it, it's clearly been made by somebody with a really good knowledge of the games that really cares about doing them justice. But to make those two blend, and and then you know to to put those two games into one movie and not change things it would have either had to be really really long or they'd have had to keep all those characters separate and they've obviously not wanted to do that they've obviously tried to make it accessible for people that maybe don't have um much knowledge of games as well and i think by doing it the way that they have and by changing the things they have. I mean, there are certain elements of it that that don't necessarily make sense to me, the bits that they've changed. But storyline-wise, I can understand why they've done it the way that they have. Um, I'd like her, I don't know, your, your mic's interesting. I just heard all of that running about. <laughs> um, that wasn't me, I wasn't running. No, I know you. I, I know you weren't. You were talking, um, and I mean, like, so what I'm. I suppose what I'm referring to here, right? Leon Kennedy. <laughs> why they made? A, why did they make him pathetic? Yeah. Why is he a completely fucking different character? Like, just completely different character. It. What What was that about? I, yeah. You know, there's because, like, obviously you've you've played the games more than me. Is there any kind of him actually being a bit fucking useless ever talked about in the games. No, I mean he's he's new. Um Yeah, he's and, a rookie. But... And he is a rookie, but I think he's he's been he's he's only a Raccoon City rookie. I think he's been a policeman elsewhere. Like he's not shit. 
like he like he is in this. Um, but then they've kind of offset that, haven't they, by making Claire a lot more badass than she is in the games. Like she's perfectly competent in the games and 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 stuff like that, but. She's not like this badass with this huge knowledge of guns and stuff either. I mean, her explanation for why she's good with guns was a bit, what is it? Yeah, flimsy. Yeah. Oh, why do you know so much about guns? In the literal second he gathered that when she literally took a shotgun off him and tilted on its side. (laughs) And it's like, I could do that with a shotgun. And somebody got, how do you know so much about guns? Like, I don't. (laughs) The thing is, they've obviously tried to kind of make her and Chris, the main characters. Mm. And to do that, they've given them a backstory that they don't... I mean, I've not played all the games, like the ones that aren't available on PlayStation I haven't played, and I don't know whether it goes into this in in some of the other ones, because I know it references Code Veronica as well, doesn't it, with the um, yeah. video with the, the twins, twins and stuff. Mm. Um, and I don't know whether that references her and Chris, but as far as I was aware, they weren't orphans that lived at the orphanage and she was never one of the children that was picked to be sacrificed to Umbrella and ran away. Her and Chris also had quite a close relationship, which it tries to make them like estranged in this. Mm. So there's a, there's a few choices that I'm a bit like, I don't know why you've done that, but it's not anything that particularly bothered me. Apart from the Leon thing. The Leon thing was a bit like, oh, why have you made him so pathetic? <laughs> yeah. I, it, it, just to get kind of like talk about the character, characters for a sec before we go on to Mark. I thought Wesker was kind of interesting because him, it's, I don't know, like in the first game, he is just like a turncoat bad guy all along, isn't he? With, with this... I don't know, like they were actually trying to humanise him a bit more. And I, I I I thought that was in I thought it worked better than the reinvention of Leon, but what were your thoughts? Um yeah, I think I think Wesker initially starts off as a because he is one of the he is one of the stars team, isn't he, in the first game. Yeah. And he has been corrupted by Umbrella and I think and just kind of tempted across to them with money, which is kind of what they've done with this as well but in the game you don't see any of him being a good guy really no because that, that that's it i don't know i just i liked his um kind of like he he actually cares about the people around him vibe you never get that mm. with wesker in the first game and obviously because you, you don't know. spend that much time with him but i yeah i thought that was interesting but um i Mark. loved the bit at the end oh, though sorry. where where ada gives him his glasses and it's like yeah that's wesker <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I thought you'd like that. Um, so, Mark, in, yes. in in terms of the tone of the film, right, just a, a, one question. Mm. Did you ever expect to see a scene of a man, a zombie on fire, walking towards someone while the that 90s song Crush plays? No, I didn't. Um, and I actually, I, I actually thought that visually there's some... There's some really interesting visuals. You can see that the, the film has taken. I'm not saying it, this this that it pulls it off, uh, but I'm saying that you can definitely see that the film has taken a lot of nods from Carpenter, um, as a lot of like these these types of films do. You know, things like the Second Purge movie um, is a sure. is a very Carpentery movie, and I think that 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 there's certain elements of 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 this that have. Um, 
that have kind of escaped from vibes mixed with a little bit of assault on uh, Precinct 13 vibes. He's a massive Carpenter fan, isn't he? Who? The director. I mean, that, I mean, that shows, mm. certainly. I mean, it's but, the Carpenter font, for fuck's sake. Yeah. The titles, even, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, and, and that was a, a, a very sincere nod, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as a pure visual thing, that was like, all right, that's pretty cool. But it, is that something that happens in the game? or What, the, the, the Man on Fire? Bit? Yeah. No. Because it feels quite computer gaming. Yeah, it I mean, does, yeah. It, there are zombies. There are zombies on fire in Resident Evil 2, just not that exact situation. Oh, yeah, there are, there are. Um, but from from the start of Resident Evil 2, the police station's already locked down. Yeah. Right, yeah. So I, I, I enjoyed that on a, on a visual level, and I think that the movie, um, it, it pulls off some nice-looking... Uh, the thing is, I... I think I fall in. I'm not quite at. Don't um, have any reference for this game <laughs> because I, I've watched. You've been subjected I, I've been to subjected them. to you playing them for for two decades. Um, but I also have never played one, um, and I've never watched like a full playthrough or anything like that. I've no. just caught snippets. Yeah, um, is what I would say. If you want so to like, watch a full playthrough, Mark? I, 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 I don't want to watch a full playthrough. Um, like I, I, if you showed me a picture of Wesker, I could I could pick him out, yeah. um, and I recognised that the mansion was the mansion from the game. Oh, the the mansion and the police station, and how close they looked to how they look in the games was just like just made my, my little heart happy. Yeah, and so I, I recognised those bits um, from that. Um, I I also didn't realise that Leon wasn't Carlos. So I yeah. thought they changed his oh, name. Oh God, he is more like Carlos than yeah, the look of him. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I thought from the trailer that it was Carlos, but Carlos isn't in until game three. But yeah, but yeah. I, 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 I thought, oh, that's weird. I wonder why they changed Carlos's name to Leon. And I started <laughs> thinking, but isn't there a Leon in it? And then I went, do you care? No. And uh, I, I carried on watching it. Um, but yeah, it's. The thing is, there's an awful lot of fan service there, and it's what there should be. There should be fan service there for these types of movies. There is so much fan service. Um, and, 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 and that's that's pretty cool. I enjoyed it enough on a whole. Um, it, it ticks along at a decent pace. Um, because this movie, on paper, should be 96 minutes long, and it's not. It's, you know... 107 minutes long but it, it didn't feel too long no it felt a decent length um, it looked good the character development was mildly undercooked I thought yeah yeah you, well, you just kind of chucked into it with them aren't you yeah I'm ever so sorry so I just got distracted for 10 seconds there. What, what was undercooked uh, the character development I felt was undercooked a little bit yeah no, no that's fair um in the sense of, it's, I mean, um, Kaya um, Skaldaria doesn't have the most warmth for a person, does she? She's not a charismatic screen presence. I thought she was really good in this, though. Um, yeah, she, she, she walked with a leather jacket on. Yeah, cool. <laughs> G- generally, does she do anything? Shoots. 
But Jake, I, 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 that's not a. I'm not being funny here, but does she actually do anything? Well, she just seems to do anything. There's not a lot that actually do that much. They just kind of Don't. all walk around. <laughs> well, everyone is in service to the fantastic Donal Logue in every scene that he's in. Yeah. I kept expecting him to be a baddie because he is in the game and then he isn't in this. He's just like a bit of a twat. Honestly, like, so I, I said to you guys in WhatsApp that it felt to me like Donald Logue was doing an experiment where he just made up his character on the spot and let everyone else fucking react against him. <laughs> I honestly, his death was so underwhelming that I thought Donald Logue just one day said, my character dies here. Yeah, you know, just didn't even do that in text. <laughs> and that's why you only see the legs, you don't see his face dying. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, I mean, it was, that was weird, because it's like, his role in the film is choose people out, gives Leon real shit, fucks off, <laughs> comes back, leads them somewhere, dies. That bit in um, the parking garage with the dogs is really good though that was real games vibes i mean yeah that's where i pieced out of resident evil 2 in my latest attempt to play it (laughs) was in the parking garage just like having to fucking deal with the dogs around me and having no ammo um i I enjoyed his first bit in the parking telling leon that he believed in him Which I can see what you're saying, Ian. It does sound like he just made up his own lines there. <laughs> it just, he's such a, his energy is so weird in this film compared to everyone else. Where, like, I don't know, everyone else is kind of reacting to it like, holy shit, and Donal Logue's just going like, fuck it, I need to get off. The traffic on the M4 on a Friday is brutal. I need to get it, you know. It's that kind of energy to it. Um, And it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like if somebody turned around to him like at the rap party or something like that and went, I think we've made a great movie here. I think it's going to really appeal to like like the lovers of the game. And he's gone, what game? <laughs> I think it'd be what movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, interesting. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I liked it. You know what I mean? It, it's, I don't think it was, I don't think it was amazing. I think that Mark's point that, you know, it could have been 86 minutes as opposed to like 107 is, is completely valid. But I didn't do that much like watch watching. Um, I no. enjoy, and the thing is, unlike Ghostbusters Afterlife, it's got fan service all over the place, but it does actually remember to be entertaining. So oh, from the moment the neighbour writes itchy tasty and blood on the fucking window, I was like halving. <laughs> and then the, the neighbour just like runs and jumps yeah. through that fucking door. Yeah, that yeah. was great. Oh my God. And the keys at the end that um, Lisa Trevor gives her and it's just the exact same fucking mansion keys that, that, that are in the games. And this is the thing, it's like, I enjoyed all that, and when I was talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife, I was just like, oh, it's fucking fetishising all the proton packs and things like that, but it just, it's fun with it, you know, and it's like, the characters were silly and entertaining, and like I say, I genuinely enjoyed what they did with Wesker, Um, I thought Jill Valentine was, like, I I enjoyed Hannah John Kamen in this, I thought she was good, Mm. and... 
no, this is Jill's sandwich. Fucking chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I missed Barry, though. I wish Barry was in it. Who? Sorry? Barry out of the first game that oh. saves her from being a Jill sandwich. That's what the reference is to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, so, yeah, totally. No, it's, um, yeah, he's not in it, because you've got that yeah. helicopter pilot who I thought was going to be someone, but doesn't turn out to really be anyone. Yeah, and the person that she's uh, that um, Chris is paired up with as well, he doesn't do anything. No, quite. I think it, If I had one major complaint, I think it would probably be that the film never really tries to be scary. It, it's definitely more like the, the games than the Paul W.S. Anderson um, uh, films. But the one sequence that i thought was really trying to be scary didn't make any sense for me where it's kind of it's like i think it might be first person actually or or like over the shoulder and it's like flashing a flashlight or something like that or like a camera flash and it's like there's a zombie there making a noise but then when the light goes off it doesn't make a noise and it's like but the zombie's going to be constantly making a noise, whether the light's flashing or not. Is it the bit where it's one of the police officers and it's Chris with his lighter? I think that's similar to yeah, that. Maybe yeah, that, maybe that's what it is, yeah. And every and, time he gets his lighter to work, it's a little bit closer. Yeah. It, yeah, and but it was like, as soon as I was like, but why is the zombie stopping making noise in sync with the lighter? <laughs> it, it stopped being it stopped even trying to be scary to me because I was just like well this doesn't make any sense and then the jump scare happens it's like oh okay then um and I mean I don't know Janice Roberts obvi- obviously knows how to shoot it's shot by Maxime Alexandra who does a lot of Alexandra Adge's stuff and it it looks good I think it costs 25 million dollars and I think the production value is pretty on point I yeah. you know I I I I I think you could easily say it looks like it cost more. Uh, yeah, um, I, I I think they've they've done well with twenty five million dollars for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's a shame that so far it looks like it's not really doing all that well, and it's probably going to struggle to wash its face with even that budget. Um, where's it been released though? I just I wonder. Whether with stuff like Resident Evil, maybe Netflix doing an anime series and a live action show and whatnot, maybe that is actually the home for it. Yeah, it probably is. The thing is that this movie is going to make the bulk of its movie in international markets because gaming movies always do. Yeah, that which yeah, which is absolutely true. Um, and it's so- not been released in Asia yet. So it's on 13 mil in the US so far. How did it open over here? My screening was pretty well attended. Yeah, it's done 25 million, just shy of 25 million um, globally so far. So that's the thing. It just, it's, it's not something which is gonna like really blow the doors off in the way that you know they they're probably wanting it to i'm i'm just trying to find out where okay so it didn't open in the top 5 over here um 252 grand um 
so yeah, it probably would have been six or seven, uh, which is equivalent to like a two mil, uh, 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 yeah, like a two million dollar opening in the US. So, um, not amazing, but I, I don't know. It, it's it's a busy time at the box office. I mean, House of Gucci and Canto and Ghostbusters all did over a million um, each last just last weekend. So it's just it is competitive out there, but. I would watch another one of these, but I would also watch this kind of thing done as a Netflix series. Yeah, I, I, I can see them giving it another one. Aren't they doing a Netflix series? There is a Netflix series that I'm not sure if that's connected to this or not. Though it's not in the same universe. No. Ah, okay. No, but I could see them. I could see this end up getting just one of those random movies that just gets a sequel because they've kind of they've budgeted like they've budgeted fifty million on two movies. Mm. It could be one of those that like that just in a couple of years' time you go, holy fuck, there's a fucking another Resident Evil sequel. Like the fact that they kept on being Resident Evil sequels for so many years. Yeah. Well, the logical next step would be Nemesis, and I'd quite like to see that. Yeah, same. Um, I think what the, what the director has said that he wants to do is um, Code Veronica mixed with uh, Resident Evil 4. Oh. How the fuck's that going to work? Um, Code Veronica's fucking weird, and they're going to have to go down some really weird avenues if they want to... Um, replicate it i mean you kind of get a sense of that in the stuff with the twins and the taking the fucking wings off the butterfly stuff that's yeah that's 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 the ashford twins um mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll see how it goes i'm i'm yeah i mean i'm a i'm a fairly solidly definitely not shit and in, in terms of like the best video game movies i gotta say mortal kombat earlier this year and now this they're up there I, I, honestly, I think they are. I think I'd watch this over any of the Paul W. S. Anderson ones. Maybe not the first, but other than that, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm I'm definitely shit on it. Um, it's it it's a lot better than I think it has any right to be. Um, and I agree. I would. I, I'll happily watch it again when it comes out um, on on home viewing. Um, because you'll want to watch it again, I'm getting yes, back straight away, yeah. uh, and I will be. You know what? I'm fine with that. <laughs> I, I, I I might get a little. I might get a little desk fan next to me, <gasps> and a little spray bottle of water, and then just every so often, just flick on my desk fan and spray myself with water. And then when there's uh, fights, I can throw the shake, cat at you. Yeah, you could shake me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do a full fucking a full fucking low grade for the recreation. <laughs> DIY like for, for for D with a little a little D and a little X. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, um, I guess you're definitely not shit. Sure definitely not shit. Sure, yeah. Well, all right. Our audience poll. Um, we were retweeted out by a Resident Evil fan account. Oh wow! Okay. I uh, was wondering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. However, I still like this, the outcome of this poll. Definitely not shit, 63%. Yeah. Touching cloth, 11%. Shit, 11%. And Geostorm, 15%. Wow. Yeah. 
That's all over the place. Mm. Mm. But is predominantly definitely about shit. That's good. Which I'm quite, I'm quite happy about. Yeah, which we all agree with. Yeah. Very good. CS3P Combat. Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Hunter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. <laughs> so join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, I just just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four and five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, The Dark Knight has got like, all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, great. Um, okay, so let's talk about some what we've been watching. Uh, guys, what have you uh, been gorging yourselves with? What, what, have you watched anything on your on your lonesome, Becky? Um, you have? Only Klaus. <laughs> yes, you watched Klaus. I did. Klaus is delightful. It is. Um, yeah, it's it's actually it's actually a really interesting concept. It's um, it's essentially like a Christmas origin story, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and J.K. Simmons plays Father Christmas. Oh yeah. Which is just weird to me because he seems like a very angry man. Um, but yeah, it's it's lovely and it's very Christmassy and it's all feel goody and shit and yeah. Um, or I say too much because I'm guessing a lot of people will be watching it this time of year and the people that have already seen it. I'm not going to reiterate, but yeah, it's it's really lovely. The animation's beautiful in it as well. Yeah, it is. That's very striking film. I I I, I, I wish that had won best animated feature that year. What did win? Toy Story Four. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, ugly mm. ass film. Yeah. 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 You watch anything else in your lonesome? I have not. So, what did we watch, Becky? 
things, man. Uh, so, uh, well, we started our our Christmas <laughs> uh, festive period, didn't we? We didn't go God tier with the first one, did we? We didn't go God tier with the first one because we didn't have the Christmas decorations. No. Up, anyway, so no. It, it felt it felt wrong. Yes. Uh, watching something God tier Christmassy without decorations up, it felt like you're like you're cheating on that movie, like you're short shrifting it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we watched not quite a Christmas movie. But a Christmas movie, didn't we? Culminates at Christmas, doesn't Culminate, it? Culminates, starts at... And then swings back round. Goes all the way what back the round. fuck is it? It's the, the newly classic... <laughs> um, holiday. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Holiday came into our lives last year, didn't it? Was it only last year? It was only last year wow. that, it, that it, it crashed into our lives in October of, uh, of, of 2020. Um, you know, just before you know, we had our another lockdown in the UK, and Netflix gifted us with the gift of of, of holiday, yeah, of Emma Roberts getting a a essentially a friend with benefits that has no benefit apart from the fact that they date each other on holidays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a standing date for awkward family situations. Yeah. Really. So I watched this twice last year. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus man yeah your Emma Roberts thing's a bit so it's your there is nothing wrong with Emma Roberts I mean apart from like she domestically abuse her ex-partner again I'm going to say there is nothing wrong with Emma <laughs> Roberts what Evan, th- Evan Peters may disagree well there we go if he can't handle it um <laughs> He's just not that kind of guy. Uh, what did you think of your rewatch, Rebecca? Yeah, it's it's really good, inoffensive, fun. You could really watch it on on really from Halloween onwards. I think you could go for it, couldn't you? It's just it's just a holiday movie, but with it culminating on Christmas, it feels like the right time of year for it. Um, she's great in it. I think she's a really good screen presence. She she might be a monster in real life, but she's she's very good on screen. Um, and what's his face that plays Liberty. the man? He's really good fun in it as well. They they they're good kind of foils for each other in it. I think. Yeah, of the I mean the thing is uh, the Halloween date where she shits herself is hilarious. Yeah, the the thing is you've got this whole there, there is the Netflix Christmas universe um, that I know Ian is a big fan of. Um, and, oh, yeah. and, and again, I'm saying this as a genuine thing. I'm not doing it to take the piss out or anything like that. And I think it's great that Ian is a genuine fan of of, of, of that. I'd love it if Holiday just kind of like in the background <laughs> ended up in these movies. <laughs> like, just like, not like, no one was introduced to a character, but you just saw them in a supermarket or something like that. Or <laughs> there was something about them yeah. within one of these movies. So it became part of the the whole Netflix Christmas universe. Yeah. Uh, it would be quite nice, but I would if if they come out as a holiday too next year, I would be incredibly happy about that. It, this will enter my this is it's it entered my holiday rotation quite firmly wedged in there. I think it's an absolutely delightfully fun yeah, movie. Yeah, I think it's a good early one as well because it's not it's not it's not one of the super, classics. No, it's it not super like it Christmas. Needs to be saved for a day. No, um, we also got in our first watch. This is our. We had three Christmas movies, didn't we? Jesus. Yeah, we did. Uh, this is our first watch, isn't it, for this year? 
It is. We always try and get it in at least twice, don't yeah, we? Yeah, at least twice. Once just after the decks have gone up, and then yeah. once just before actual Christmas. We usually what we watched on Christmas Day last year. We, we did, yeah. Yeah. So we got our, our our first watching of Christmas Vacation. We did. Yeah, because that's how I like that. That's how Christmas gets rung in for me. Aww. So I can literally at that moment I go, oh, okay, yeah. It, it, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. Isabel told me this morning that it doesn't feel like Christmas for her yet because I haven't made my Christmas biscuits. Well, that is true. You haven't made Christmas biscuits I yet. Um, Christmas Vacation gets better every time I watch it. <laughs> yeah. And bear in mind, I have watched it twice a year for roughly 20-odd years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, is, it, it, it is an absolute classic. It's glorious. Yeah. Um, Chevy Chase remains... A, 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 a comfort blanket for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's just so... He just wants everything to go right and it's not even just for him. It's just so his family has a great Christmas. That's it. And he, and he wants his bonus but he doesn't want it so that he can be selfish with it. He wants to put a pull in for his family. Like, he's, he's just like... Yeah. He's just a, a misguided good dude. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's doing the right things but possibly the wrong way. He's, I never don't even think that. The I Christmas just think tree, Mark. What? The Christmas tree. Should have just gone to a lot. He should have just gone to a lot, but he, that's not... He wanted to have... He wanted the Christmas tree to be an experience, to be something, an event that they do. Not just go and pick one out like everybody else. He wants it to be something. Audrey's eyes are frozen, Mark. Yeah. Well, that's that's just part of the process. That <laughs> <laughs> um, experience. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, what else do we watch, Becky? Yeah, our final Christmas movie was Reindeer Games because we wanted a Christmas adjacent <laughs> movie, didn't we? Yeah. We weren't feeling super Christmassy. Nope. But we wanted something with Christmas in the mix there. Yes. So yeah, Reindeer Games. So we went for Reindeer Games, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We did. Have you seen Reindeer Games here? Like many moons ago, dude, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those movies where you're watching it going, this isn't very good. Like, it's not a good movie. But it's very, very watchable. Yeah. It's part of that that period of Ben Affleck movies where he was making kind of action movies where he was the least action-y action star (laughs) um, out there. Um, And it, it has that. It has Gary Sinise feeling like he's in... A, a slight more camp movie than he's in. He's great in it though. But he's good in it. Yeah. But playing a more mid nineties um, action villain rather than a start of the noughties action villain. Mm. Um, and Charlie's Theron wearing stocking hold ups with jeans for some reason. That was a thing. Because I think I think it's literally a well, why not? I mean, but why? I think it was for the second play. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Dennis Farrell turning up yeah nice he's always great (laughs) so yeah Reindeer Games is it is one of those where I think it's it's a very good uh, I'm going to go off this is a very specific time I've done one of these in a while (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's a very good Christmas movie to watch on maybe the first night that you've got before, if you have Christmas off, because um, not everyone does, um, the first night that you have off at like 11 o'clock at night, you've had a couple of drinks and you go, 
I don't have to be up early in the morning. Fuck it. I'm going to put on all day games. Have you already watched a more Christmassy movie than you might have done, earlier? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Kids are in bed and you're there going, yeah, fuck it. Let's do this thing. <laughs> that is the type of movie reindeer games is. Because you'll be there going, what are you talking about, Gary Sinise? <laughs> Which will happen. Yeah. Um, I think it did happen when we were watching it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and Donald Logue's in it. Sweet. Which I completely forgot about. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a fun one. Uh, our last two that we've got. We've had quite a productive week this week, haven't we? We have? Yeah. Uh, we rewatched Patriot Games. Well, yeah, because I, I suggested Clear and Present Danger, didn't I? And you were like, well, we should probably watch Patriot Games first. And I went, oh, yeah. And you went, I think you've seen this. And I was like, no, I haven't. If it's about the IRA, I've not seen it. And then about 20 minutes into it, did you realise, yes, I have seen Yeah, this. I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's and got Sean Bean in it. It has got Sean Bean in it playing Sean Bean. Playing generic IRA man. Yeah. He's just he's just Sean Bean but with an Irish accent though, isn't it? He's even called it, Sean in yeah. the movie. But it's weird seeing him like young and like really skinny. It's it, it, it's it's odd that you look at it going, it's Sean Bean with an occasional Irish accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, every, sometimes third, forget. every third word has an Irish twang to it. He's, I, he's, he's an IRA member from Sheffield for a bit of it, isn't he? Yeah. I, it, it still will always get me, it, it is the fact that, that Hollywood, any time anything is set in Ireland or has an Irish character in it, they go, they literally... You have the director or one of the producers or whoever screaming, whoever is doing the score, going, make sure you get some fucking Celtic bits in there. You need to get some Celtic shit in there. Otherwise they won't know he's Irish. Exactly, exactly. Surprised you want drinking Guinness. Yeah. It's it's like if anyone's Caribbean, it's like, make sure you get a steel drum in there. Gotta get a steel drum. We need to get these racist stereotypes out there. Yeah. It, It is painful how bad bits there are. It's also quite interesting watching it going, oh, God, Britain in the early 90s was fucking grim looking, wasn't it? <laughs> like, now you see, like, the Fast and Furious films and fucking Red Notes, all of these films are all set in London. It's fucking neon, you've got the big fucking London eye, you've got all these fucking things going on, and then this is set in, like, 90s Britain, and it's just fucking bobbies running about into each other and just grey. Just and it's, miserable. It's still grace. like that, really. And traffic. It's still like that when it's not shot by Hollywood. I know, but it's just, it, it, it's almost like, yep, yep, they would be stuck in traffic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's, there's also this weirdness of turning around to it, like each other. The investor watched it, turned to went, God, do you remember when, like, do you remember when, back when the IRA was an actual, it was like a, it was like a thing of everyday life? Yeah. That was an odd time. I hope that doesn't come back next year, inevitably. It's all right. You'll get to revisit it soon. Um, and um, pre... It's always nice seeing um, pre-Pulp uh, Fiction Samuel, Samuel Jackson turn up in things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then our final one. Um, so, I'd suggested us doing a, 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 a marathon uh, of the Guy Ritchie movies. Yes. Um, and it's because I wanted to rewatch Lockstock, <laughs> but now we're like maybe six to 
like three, three to four months away from that. Yeah. I still kind of wanted to watch Lockstock. Yeah, I actually suggested this. You I? did suggest it, yeah. Um, Which was surprising because normally I avoid Guy Ritchie movies for some reason. Yeah. And I think it was because. Oh, I told you, I said this to you, didn't I? I think it was because Lockstock put me off Guy Ritchie because in my brain it was like I hated Ocean Colour Scene at the time. And there's a couple of Ocean Colour. Are you being attacked, Ian? Oh, shit. Sorry, I'll mute my mic. <laughs> As long as you're alright. Um, yeah, there's a couple of Ocean Colour Scene tracks in it, and I think I just took real offence to it. I think it's actually more Ocean Colour Scene in Snatch. Yeah? Yeah. But that's got Brad Pitt. Yeah, but it, it's also a different movie, so not liking not liking Lockstock, because there's a lot <laughs> of Ocean Colour Scene in Snatch. It's a very weird flex there. I don't know, there's a couple in there. I'm sure there is. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Probably. probably. Um, yeah, it's... The the few things that I will say from what is it from uh, Lockstock is um, how much of a cultural impact I think it's had on um, British language and fashion. Yeah. I think is massive. Yeah. Um, how fucking just how low budget it looks. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whilst also being a really good movie. <laughs> mm. um, watching it now, you look back and go, yeah, all right, and you can see that, that Guy Ritchie has a fucking eye and I'm glad that he's still knocking out movies and we've got one in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then we've got one early next year. Yeah. It's weird though, because it, like, watching it at the time, everyone was saying that, uh, what's he called, the main guy? Mick Moran was going to be, like, massive, weren't mm. they? And no one was really talking about, like, Statham and stuff like that. Whereas now Statham's, like, a global megastar. And Dexter Fletcher's got a really quite a healthy career as well. Mm. And Nick Moran, who? Uh, I think Nick Moran, he, he went on to do... He does a lot of stage work now. That's not how you get your name out there, is it? Yeah, I think he kind of... I think he preferred doing that. I think he, he's... he's he directed the yeah the creation stories the creation movie um but yeah he's done more bits like that i think he's kind of like he more behind the scenes he, he stepped back a little bit himself i think more than anything else yeah whereas statham obviously became jason statham <laughs> um and dexter fletcher is you know directed rocketman and you know Wow, Bill's fantastic. Um, mm. I don't think I've seen Sunshine Leaf, but Eddie the Eagle was, was, was a lot of fun. Uh, I think he's got a, a new one coming out next year. Uh, but yeah, a lot of fun. Ian, what have you been watching? Uh, so, um, I have been continuing my Spider-Man re-watching. Um, I've got about an hour left of Amazing Spider-Man, so we'll talk about that next week. But I watched Spider-Man. Oh, watching, I, not just the Raimi ones, you're watching all of the... I don't know, I'll see how I go, you know. Like, I'll just see how I get on. Um, but, yeah, so I watched uh, Spider-Man 3, um, which is shit. That is a bad film. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remembered it being bad, but I didn't quite remember that. Um, Sandman is good. Um, his creation sequence is great. 
Thomas Hayden Church is good with what he's given, which is fuck all. Um, the dog is making noises again in the background, ever so sorry. <laughs> They're quite funny noises, though, so it's fun. Uh, she's enjoying that toy. Um, so, yeah, in... <sighs> The thing is, I was talking about Spider-Man 2 last week and um, how the Peter and MJ stuff I'm just not into. And this time it's Peter and MJ, except they're having relationship troubles. So not only is it a a couple that I'm not really into, but it's a couple just watching them fucking... Like, MJ in this is just very whiny. Um, I, I can't imagine Dunst was happy with the fucking character at all in this. Um... Because, okay, she gets to sing, but then her character's kicked off of Broadway for being shit, uh, whines at Peter, um, and then it, like, it becomes a kind of like a plaything for Harry, like manipulating Peter. Um, and it, I don't know, Kirsten Dunst looks tired, It looks she looks like she doesn't want to be there, um, like Peter Parker just basically turning into a dick for two hours does not an entertaining film make. Um, and then Topher Grace's arc is I'm annoyed at Peter Parker and I want to kill him because he caught me cheating at my job. Great. I, who cares? It's two and a half hours of who the fuck cares. Um, and I know Raimi had like problems with it and he wasn't really that invested with Venom. But to be fair, the screenplay is solely credited to him and his brother. So, you know, I, I, fucking hell, Geeks. Do you still hear that? Yeah. Yeah, but it's fine. Yeah, she's not even in the room now. Um, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> sorry, so Spider-Man 3 is poo. It is a bad film. That's right, isn't it, Keith? Yeah. I, I, I remember going to see Spider-Man 3 with um, some friends and uh, a couple of them were like very much into the Spider-Man movies. And going to see it, they go for a drink afterwards and there was about sort of five or six of us and two of them were having this really um, a in-depth conversation about how this was really good, and how this was really good, and how this was really good. And I, I kind of like turned around and went, what do you think? And I was like, it's shit. It's just really shit. And I feel like nobody on this table wants to admit that it's shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, no. And then literally by the end of the night, everyone had had a drink. It was like, yeah, it was shit, was that? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Just bad film, bad film. Um, so, moving on. Uh, watched a couple more Christmas movies. Uh, did our, what I think will now be annual watch of The Holiday. Um, I fucking love The Holiday. The Holiday is great. Jude Law is daddy. Um, and Eli Wallach is just talking about how films used to be better. Um it's I'm gonna, great. I, I, yeah, I'm going to rewatch that this year because I meant to rewatch it last year after you rewatched it last year. Uh, or was it the first time you watched it? Last it was year? the first time I watched it last yeah, year. That's and right. you really enjoyed it. And I remember going, I remember watching it and kind of not, not, not liking it, but like just kind of brushing it aside a little bit. Mm. And I think that now I'm a little bit 
like I'm 15 fucking years older, uh, I think I might get a lot more out of it. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know, it's just, it's classily done. Like, Hans Zimmer does the score, it's shot by Dean Cundy. You've got, like, four stars, like, in, in the lead roles who are already doing well, like, good work. It, it's fun. It's it's a it's a fun film. Um, and then uh, my last one for this week uh, is, this, so this is on HBO Max in the US, Sky Cinema over here. Uh, 8-Bit Christmas. Yeah, um, we meant to get to this, but just run out of time when we watched Yeah, so it's... Um, I don't I don't think it's probably worth a full review, if I'm absolutely honest. Um, but it's, it, it, it's, it's charming enough. It's diverting enough. So basically, Neil Patrick Harris is telling his daughter a story of when he was a kid and uh, getting an NES was like the aim for all kids for Christmas. Um, and it's about his kind of like struggles to, to get one. Um, and yeah, it's odd. Like it ends like the last five minutes or so. There's some stuff where it's like, right, what is that? What the film was about then? Um, cause it's got this kind of like Christmas moral story to it, but then it's very specifically his relationship with another character and that that's kind of picked up at times during the film, but not to the extent that I it seemed to want to say it was in like the last five ten minutes. Um, it was odd, very very episodic, very um, like kind of I I don't know like TV sitcommy if I'm absolutely honest. Um, but like I say, uh, it had a couple of solid laughs in. Um. The kid cast was charming enough, and um, yeah, like there's there's really not that much to it. It's a three out of five. It's a mild recommend, um, but it's a recommend all the same, you know. So there you go. Yeah, it's one I think I'll, I'll I think I will happily watch at some point over the festive period. Yeah, yeah, it's on uh, Sky, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Some, it's, um, it's not a good week for clips this week. Um, Netflix usually put clips of their stuff up on like YouTube and whatnot, but you know, I can I can do some whistling if you want. Um, uh, it's just like Benedict Cumberbatch; you'd swear he was in the room. Um, so he says in uh, the Fastbender says in Covenant, uh, Alien Covenant, like you uh, do the fingering. Uh, except it doesn't work because it's whistling. Um, I don't know. That, that, there you go. I, enjoy. Okay, so let's talk about Jane Campion's Powerful Dog. It's directed by Jane Campion and stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, um, uh, uh, Cody Smith-McPhee as uh, Little Mr. Psychopath. Um, so, The Power of the Dog concerns two brothers who own a ranch uh you've got benedict cumberbatch uh, and jesse plemons jesse plemons starts a relationship with kirsten dunst her son is cody smith mcphee benedict cumberbatch doesn't like this one bit and he will let you know with his banjo i know anything else would you like to say about jane campion's powerful dog kiki no can i continue Okay, thank you. Um, Mark. Yes. 
when you saw the powerful dog, did it take a few seconds before you saw the powerful dog? And then it was like, there's the powerful dog. It did take me a while. Yeah, not a lie. I couldn't see the dog. It's just fucking hell. It wasn't until I got it, until it was pointed out and I went, eh, maybe. <laughs> it was one of those. It was one of those. Yeah. For sure, yeah. And, um, Bex. Yeah. That, that was the only question I had for Mark to start with. Okay. Um, so, the end of the film... Are we supposed to be on Cody Smith McPhee's side, or are we thinking that this is basically setting up Power of the Dog to Psychopath McPhee? I think everyone's a little bit awful in this, with the exception of Jesse Plemons' character, to be honest. So, I don't know. I mean, he was a bit of a bad dickhead to start off with, and obviously Smith McPhee holds a grudge so he's reaped what he's sowed but like I don't think what he did necessarily warranted him being cow murdered it's a pretty rough way to go isn't it Mm. Mm. like he's a bit of a bully towards um, Cody Smith McPhee's character he clearly doesn't like Kirsten Dunst, but he's never that bad to her. He just plays his banjo at her and he, she's pissed off because he's better on that than she is on the piano. He's jamming. He's not jamming. He's jamming. Try some little fucking reach out the fucking banjo shaped hollow branch, have a little fucking jam session with that. <laughs> and yeah. she, what, 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 does she, what does she do? She goes, oh, well, fucking, no, put this brick. I'm off to go, I'm off to go and jump in a fucking sauce fat for the next fucking six months. I'm going to scowl and I'm going to cry and then I want to go drink some fucking. Whiskey or whatever, or she was drinking bourbon. bourbon. She went hot on a Um. So yeah, I mean, everything, everything that I'd kind of seen as like descriptions of the plot was that he was like super menacing and like really bad to her and everything. It's just he's like just a bit of a dickhead, and he's very obsessed with Bronco Harry or whatever the fuck he's called. Everyone's obsessed with Bronco. Oh, no, it's Henry, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone's obsessed with Bronco Henry. I, I wish the film had been about Bronco Henry. <laughs> You want a Bronco Henry origin star, right? I do. I want. I want. I want him going out and like tending to cows and reading his like naked muscle men magazines and just living his best life and possibly sexually abusing Benedict Cumberbatch's. But God, keep doing that, and it's not intentional. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch's character as a young child, because that's clearly what's intimated at. But yeah, I think that would be a more interesting film. Yeah, it's it's an odd one, is The Power of the Dog. Um, it feels like a film that's been made to be respected more than to be necessarily enjoyed. Um, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, that's a really good... Yeah, that's a really good... Yeah, that's all. Yeah, because it, it, it's like, it looks great. Um, the performances are kind of interesting for the most part. Dunst, I think, is really fucking underserved. Um, with with her role, where it's just the, the thing is, though, right? This tends to be because um, we talk about a couple of times recently about Kirsten Dunst. 
this tends to be a thing that people often say about Kirsten Dunst in movies. Mm. Uh, in, in a lot of movies that she makes, is that she's underused. And I'm not saying that she's not, but is she just a bit crap at picking roles? <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like, she seems happy enough fucking, like... Would having you... a fam- family life, making babies with Jesse Plemons, it's you know, and it, Plemons, yeah, and it, it, it's uh, you know, and it's like fair, you know, fair play to her, you know. It, but I mean, it's it's nice to see her get get some attention for this role. But I'd, I'd far much rather watch her in something like Melancholia than um, uh, than this, just because it's all all it, all she does is react to other characters. Like, it doesn't really feel like she's got any agency of her own other than I'm a drink. Yeah, the thing is, I, I think her character at the start of it is really, is quite interesting. But then she literally just shrinks to nothing the minute she arrives at the ranch. Yeah, I, it... But I mean, like to be to be fair, I mean the the film is probably Cumberbatch's. I mean he's he's an actor that we've been like quite mixed on, maybe even mixed to negative in the past. But I personally, I I think he's really really good in this. Um, he is this guy who just threw whatever the fuck happened with him and old Bronco Henry back in the day has completely warped his perspective on life. Um, and, and just the whole, the fact that he he presents as this character, but you learn relatively early on that he's absolutely choosing to be like this, mm. even though he knows how he should, like how he should act, but it is his choice to be the way he is. Um, I, I think that's quite something. I think Cumberbatch really plays that. And but but you know, I, it is. I think the narrative does. It takes an odd turn where suddenly he befriends Cody Smith McPhee. But it makes sense. It it yeah. It makes sense it, because it, it it's the it, it it's almost like he realised. Oh, this is the way I read it anyway. Is that it that. When he sees him walking along and all of the other, the, the other ranch hands that are there and, and people there at this, essentially, it, it, it's basically like a bit of a cookout, isn't it? Yeah. Like a camp out. And that they're all essentially berating him for being a little bit effeminate, effeminate let's yeah. say, because he goes over to look at the business and watch us. It's at that moment where you start to think, is he, is he doing this, like, because he's going to do something shitty to him? Is he doing it just to fuck him? Or is he doing it just because it, it, it's he like he recognises something in himself that's there and he's like, I don't, why am I being shitty to this kid? It's not the kid's fault. Yeah. Um, and so genuinely takes a an interesting just to kind of almost in a way sees, right, I can do for this kid what Bronco Henry did for me. Good old Bronco Henry. And, and, and can kind of, you know, be that, that influence. I can, I can, I can toughen him up a little bit. I can teach him how to ride, and I can teach him how to do these things to kind of to make him a little bit stronger. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, it almost it flips the character a little bit, and it, it is. 
I agree with you. I, I think I, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is is very good in this um, because, he, like you say, he's playing a character that is clearly from a well-to-do family. He's clearly very smart. He's clearly very has been very loquacious and charismatic. But something's happened that's made him decide I don't want that. Mm. So Plemons has had to go down that route and has had to take over essentially the family business, the the respectable side of the family business. Yeah. Mm. But it's also very strongly intimated that he's not as good at it. It's not as good at it. It wasn't supposed to be him. Mm. He was supposed to be Cumberbatch's right hand man for it. He's the less capable brother. But then also as well, it does the clever thing of rather than having it that he's pretending, he's play acting at being the fucking head rancher. He does actually come across as being very competent at that and has the respect of the the people that work for him. I think possibly like the resentment comes from because Plemons is the older brother, isn't he? I'm not sure he's the older brother. He's calling him old man and stuff. don't really, yeah, maybe. I'm not, I, I, I couldn't quite get that. Yeah, because possibly that could come from if he's better at it but isn't giving it to run because he's the younger brother, there's like that resentment there. Mm. So he's gone down the route of being the practical side, and while Plemons is the fancy pants side. Yeah, there's definitely that. It's a, but I mean, Cody Smith feels an odd. Screen presence. Mm. That's one word for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, he's. Yeah. He, he. He. He looks. He looks like he'd be easy a bench press. Like really, you know, like you know, like when you see people, you know, like when you see these TikToks where you've got like a prop master from a film. Walks over to like a big steel bar and looks at the cam- like looks at the camera, sits up and goes, oh. and then just lifts it up with one arm and starts, what is it? And then goes, it's not real. It's made out of. Then shows you how it was made. Yeah. And it's just like fucking styrofoam that they've painted and shit like that. <laughs> That's what Cody Smith McPhee looks like. Like you could literally walk up to him and just lift him with one hand above your head and go, what the fuck? <laughs> made a and then put it back down. <laughs> like trying to go, how does he float away? <laughs> He's mostly head, isn't he? Huh? He's mostly head. Yeah. It's... Yeah. He's he's such an odd character. I can't... He's one of those weird screen presences that I can't work out if he's shit or not. (laughs) (laughs) It's like he might be, but he's really good at picking roles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... He's he's an odd duck. Sorry, go on. The thing is, the thing about it is, and it falls back into what you were saying there earlier, is that it's, with the exception of the screenplay, and I don't think the screenplay is fantastic. I'll put that out there now. Um, There is too much. Literally, you're there going, we get it, Bronco Henry, and we get it. She can maybe play the piano, except she can't, apparently. There's too much of that in too condensed a period that it almost becomes comical at points. Mm. Um, 
But then once it loosens up on that, it, it the, the just a story is good. But from anything, and I, I didn't read that much about it. But when I was watching everything about it, said you know that there was this you know this this big secret, and I was waiting for like the end of it, going right, what's this? What's the big fucking thing? I was like, there ain't one, is there? There isn't one. There isn't like a big thing. No. Oh. It's just everything that happens is a thing that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. There's no twist. It's no. just events unfold. Yeah. It's like it, 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 it's almost like 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 the, like like somebody somebody pausing it and turning on and going, Oh but you didn't work out that he was maybe gay, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did really, like, really early on, like within the first five or ten minutes. Like, I think he's gay. Uh, so, and then he's like, "Oh, bet you didn't realise that fucking Cody Smith was going to kill him, did you?" Yeah, literally from the voiceover bit at the start of the movie. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that I'm smarter than the movie. I just thought that those were things that were going to happen because that's what the happens. And it, it, but I still enjoyed the movie. Yeah, because. It's got a really good uh, score, you know. Quite easily, Johnny Greenwood could get two Academy Award nominations for Best Score this year, and they'd both be richly deserved. I hope that Spencer wins him an Academy Award. And I hope he pays tribute to the uh, the jazz band that he killed while sitting on them. Yes, <laughs> which I'm sure he will. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked this score. It wasn't... It, it, it did that thing. Uh, of a score, and this is also down to um, Jane Campion as well, is of not always having to be there. Yeah. Scores don't always have to be there. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, a score c- should add things to it. It shouldn't be a persistent backdrop. Um, and I thought that, that did this really quite well. Um, it's it, it's got, it looks fantastic. It's got a really, like, a fucking, an odd energy to it. Cumberbatch is brilliant. Plemons is, is, is good, but I think he, he's maybe done affable side character a little bit too much recently. Yeah, yeah. You know, you keep waiting for him to pop off at some point. In, in a lot of movies he's done, and then he doesn't. And you kind of want him to. Oh, God, we've not mentioned Kirsten Dunst's magic gloves. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst's peyote gloves were fantastic. Her peyote glazed gloves they were amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's we, it, that, but that is what I mean. That whole sequence where she gives away the hides just to be a dick kind of feels a little bit like why are you doing this? Yeah. You know it's going to incur wrath. Yeah. Why do it? They're not your hides to give away. They're his. If he wants to just burn them, let him. Yeah. Why? Literally, it's like you smacked a hornet's nest and then complained because a hornet has stung you. It's and then bit... you don't even do anything. No, you don't. It's, it's this awful man that like bullies her and has made her turn to drink, but he doesn't do anything. He just expects his brother to get his fucking wife in check. And he doesn't do anything either. No, Clemens does not seem like he's all that active. In this, no, no. Is- the thing is, can you really say though that it's a good 
movie. Yeah. When what you're saying is good about it is the music and the scenery. No, because the performance is fantastic. But you've already said that the screenplay and the script are not great, and that's <sighs> it's kind of what makes it a movie. No, but I, I just I think the atmosphere of it's very good. I think, it's got, I think it's got a good atmosphere. I think that maybe some of the the descriptive marketing that was put out misleads you a little bit into yeah. thinking that you're expecting a, a, you're expecting a crescendo ending, and what you get is a soft fade out. <laughs> yeah, good way of putting it. And, 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 and that's it. And I'm fine with the soft fade out of that. It kind of makes sense, but it it, 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 it is a film where, where you go. I mean, yeah, he's a bit of a prick. But he's not that bad. He's not that bad. No. Or he, he might be, but we don't see it. No, no, that's it. Isn't it? You know, he basically says to her when she says, "Hello, brother Phil." He's like, "Whoa, not your brother. Don't fucking like you. Think you're a schemer who's here for his fucking money." Then tries to lift that olive branch by jamming with her and she fucking starts crying. Uh, and say things. And drinking. And then, and then just starts drinking. And then he tries pointing it out to people and nobody does anything. Yeah. Even if I can take the sun under his wing to teach him to, you know, maybe, you know, learn these what is it. So, Be- Benedict Cumberbatch is the real hero of this film. Yes. That's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch is the real hero of this film and Cody Smith-McPhee is probably the villain. I mean, really, by telling everybody that she's a raging alcoholic, he's just trying to get help, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's good. Why won't... I don't like this woman, but why won't somebody help her? (laughs) And and then, in the background, her fucking psychopath son's fucking catching rabbits and fucking dissecting them, snapping their necks, and then creating fucking anthrax traps for people. Yeah, sorry, but it seems like the fucking yeah. I'm convinced. Yeah. <laughs> what a cunt. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for me, definitely not shit. Actually, yeah, yeah definitely not shit. Um, I, it, it's a four, four. I, I give it four out of five on, on Letterbox. I, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. It, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's it's definitely not shit. It's not a movie I'll ever watch again. It's because I didn't find it particularly enjoyable from a story point of view. But it's, like you say, it's well acted, looks nice. So, like, it's well made, I would say. It quietly has a really kind of stacked cast as well. Yeah. Of, of, of like, character actors. You know, Keith Carradine turns up for, like, literally, like, five minutes. <laughs> Thomas in McKenzie turns up. Yeah. As a maid for a couple of scenes. Yeah. And she doesn't talk like this. Yeah, it's it's a it's an odd I'm, I'm gonna live in London. <laughs> it's a weird one, Thomas. I I get it, it's because you know she's from New Zealand and she wants to work with Jane Campion. You know, why not? And it was well, yeah, I, I'm presuming it was shot in New Zealand. I think it was, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, gets to work with, you know, one of New Zealand's premier filmmakers and probably work, you know, half an hour down the road. Why not? Yeah. 
Fair. The, the thing is, I have a very... I like Jane Campion as a, as a filmmaker. But I don't always like her movies, if that makes sense. Not really, no. Like, I, 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 I really like some of her movies. Uh, I think she always makes interesting movies. I'm just not sure she always makes good movies. I, good movies might be a stretch. I'm not sure her movies are as good as people tell me they are. Yeah. Hmm. Like, the piano's fantastic. I actually really like Portrait of a Lady. Um, in the cut, I like everybody else thinks he's an absolute piece of shit. <laughs> oh God, I forgot Ruffles was in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not very good, Mark. <laughs> I like it. That's fine. You like a lot of crap. <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, our audience poll. We got an audience poll. Yeah. That would be filling to our five minutes. Definitely not shit, 83%. And touching cloth, 17%. Fair enough. Yeah. Questions. We have two. Uh, Ethan and Mar, if the pod team uh, and Hollywood had a big secret party, who would crack first and spill the beans? Me. Yeah, it would be you. Yeah, it would definitely be you, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's it. Probably on Twitter. It would be Ian. Yeah. It probably would, yeah. You're yeah. right. Yeah. I, I, would, I would hold fast and go, don't know about it. But you're literally in the picture. It's not no, me. No, I'm not. It's Photoshop. Yeah. Noel did that. <laughs> Noel's really good on Photoshop. Noel's well good on Photoshop. <laughs> that's, just, that's just Ian in an empty room. He imagined it and then Noel made the picture. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the WhatsApps to prove it. <laughs> Are you sure they're not Photoshop, Mark? Who knows anymore? What's real? Solid simulation. Everything's cake. Yeah, everything is cake. Rick Kidd at Rick J Kidd. As parties seem to be the topic of the day, which party from a film would you like to attend? Oh, God. Uh, Eyes wide shut. (laughs) Oh, my God, you'd be so awkward at that party. You really would. I would, but, you know, uh, you've got to stretch yourself, haven't you? God, no, I, I suddenly now can't think of any parties in films apart from the one that the Lisbon sisters having the virgin suicides, and I do not want to be at that party. Is that a suicide party? No, it's not a suicide party. It's the it's the one after the youngest tries to commit suicide and doesn't, so they let her have a party to like, be more normal. And then she... Oh, yes, yeah, she does commit suicide at that party. She jumps out of the window onto yeah, the railings. Yeah. But it's not a suicide party. I mean, if I went to a party and somebody committed suicide, to, uh, I would call it the suicide party. Oh, God, say. on that. I love the fact that Benedict Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch's character refers to her as a suicide widow in his letter to his mum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that literally he goes and writes a letter to his mum about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I now can't remember any other parties. Bear with me. You'd want to be at that party from the loft, wouldn't you? Which one? The one where they all agreed to have the loft. That's a soiree rather than a party. Soiree. <laughs> 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 oh dear. 
I'm just, I'm just, I'm just right now imagining Ian just stood in a broom cupboard at the party from my eyes wide shut going, not going out there. Absolutely not. Not going out there. You know, wait until one of those guys walks by the trade rings and I'm just going to sit in here. It's filth out there. Dirty bastard. I'll just be at the piano doing that. Da, 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 da. It's the party at the end of uh, Empire Records would be a good one. Is that a party or a gig? It's a party. Ooh. What about the party at the end of High Fidelity? Ooh. That'd be fun, Jack Black singing Let's Get It On. Yeah, that's a really good one, that one. I'll say that, not Eyes Wide Shut. Bex, you can go to the Eyes Wide Shut one. I'll go to the High Fidelity one. You're all right. All right. Yeah, I'd be all right at the Eyes Wide Shut one. Yeah, sweet. Uh, there's, there's an obvious one that I'm not getting. Do you want to be at that one in The Matrix? Oh, it's no. a rave, isn't it? No. It looks really boring. <laughs> it look, it, I, 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 have you ever been to a rave? They're shit. No. They're really boring. <laughs> party, 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 party. What about the one in um, Almost Famous that they crash the high schoolers' party? <laughs> that, that would be a quite good one. Ooh, that's a good one. Billy yeah. up like in... <laughs> Should have a golden golf for yeah. the rooftop. Oh, the party in Days and Confused. Oh, that's basically the most of the movie. Yeah, that. I want to be there. Right, I'm, Just I, drinking I'm, beer out of kegs and smoking weed. Yeah, I'm going to say the party at the end of... What is it? I would go for the hot tub in Hot Tub Time Machine. It's but really that's, just, that's just like five dudes in a hot tub. Yeah. What about... What about... Um, Oh, God, what's he even called? The Poison Gate, Winterfest. Winterfest, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got a, win- we've got a Winterfest. And we've yeah. got the Days and Confused party, and then you can sign up to be part of a loft. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, mine's just fucking covering all the fucking bases, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I literally have, like, lots of time machine, but for some reason it's set to movie party mode. <laughs> yeah. Just bouncing around all these fucking parties. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. Jesus Christ, our cat is so lazy that he's using his scratching post from his bed. <laughs> it's good. I'm sure, yeah. That was the two questions that we had, yeah. Sweet. Okay, so uh, coming up on next week's show, we will be talking about West Side Story. Um, I think that's probably it, actually. Um, well, I mean, like, main reviews. We'll have other <laughs> stuff, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah. I've done all the pleasantries at the start and we still need to record the Manhunt a bit. So, uh, Does it feel weird that usually we'd, we'd be doing like West Side Story and we'd be like waiting to try and cram in West Side Story before West Side Story? Yeah, but we did it, it early in the year. Didn't it? Hell yeah. We were, we were on it there, weren't we? We were. Don't have to do any of that shit. Um, and hey, you, the main sh- this main show, nice and tight, it's going to be under two hours even with all the clips and ads and shit so folks you are welcome uh thank you thank you very much becky oh thank you very much Ian. thank you very much mark thank you very much Ian. and jason reitman can suck my fucking dick <laughs> see you blowing me a kiss it doesn't take a scientist to understand what's going on baby if you see something
This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate Valley. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.